you had a recent company look to buy you for $40 million. You instantly said no. You're gonna get rewards from the marketplace when you start doing the right stuff. Those rewards should not be looked at as a way out. They should be looked at as support that you're doing the right thing and you should double down. It has to work or it has to work. Welcome to another episode of Circle of Greatness. I am so excited about this episode, y'all. I'm bringing you, I'm literally bringing you one of my most intense friends. I'm gonna be honest, like probably top three most motivating friends in my life. Like out of all my friends, like this dude is top three. And the biggest reason why, cause every time I talk to him, I'm not doing enough. I'm not playing big enough, turn it up more, and he does not take any excuses that I try to give. So I'm excited to talk to my guy who I know he's gonna at least sell one of his companies for a billion dollars, my guy Bill Housen. What's up, bro? Let's go, man. Yeah, man. It's Thanks time, on, it's bro. time, man. Yeah. I'm yeah. ready for this. Yo, you are intense, bro. I'm, I'm, I, I just gotta say I'm proud of you. I remember when we were at our apartment years ago. Yep. We first met. I don't remember what happened, but I know we were at our beginning when we first met. Yeah. Like, I really remember, like, you were actually coming to me. It was like, you, you weren't making more money than me at the time, I don't mm -hmm. believe. And I gave a bunch of game on Sutton. And you you take things with a, such intensity and just take it to another level. Where did Where is that derived from? Just your, your intensity is like nothing I've ever seen. Yeah, so I, I operate... Crazy with a sense of extreme panic yeah. that I'm gonna be the delusional person in the graveyard. I'm gonna be the delusional person who had all these big ideas and yeah. oh, we're gonna do this, we're gonna take this over, we're gonna do, and then nothing happens. Yeah. And I saw that happen in my upbringing. So I am scared of not implementing what I learned because I saw my family go bankrupt in 2008. Um, I saw a lot of big ideas that were thrown around in my family um, and not a lot of execution. Mm. So uh, when I got started in business, I told myself that my say-do ratio was gonna be one-to-one. -one. Mm. What I say I do, I'm gonna actually do. Wow. I'm not gonna allow delusion in the business model. I think there's, there's a little bit of delusion that's required to think really big, yeah. right? But your words should be matching your actions rapidly. I think mm. this is what I got wrong before I started my business was my actions took way too long to catch up to my words. Now it's like, if I say something, I want it done in 24 hours. I want it done in one hour. Yeah. I mean, before we started filming this, yeah. I want it done in 20 seconds, Yes. right? Yes. Um, I can't think of a better habit than that. Yeah, so say and do, like the thing that you say you want, but how do you do that when your goal is, what's the financial goal? Because I know you know it vividly. What's the yeah. financial goal? So by 2026, right? our company will do $256 million in annual recurring revenue. Yes. Not just revenue, yeah. annual recurring right. revenue. Yeah. By 2026, yep. $256 million. I And then I haven't committed to what the goal is past 2026. Yeah. Um, it's so certain that I know you're going to hit that I'll target. I haven't seen you not hit a target that you haven't, that anything you say you do, but like, you said something though. You said the say and do ratio. I want to make 256 million. You won't do that tomorrow. So yep. are you basically saying everything that I say I need to do because it's in alignment with that goal? Because when you, some things is, yo, I need to make a million tomorrow. Like I got it, but what if I don't? So I'm mm. like. Yeah, so I think the $256 million by 2026 goal is broken down into uh, 
multiple years of Excel spreadsheets that then my financial goals for 2023, 2024, 2025, and 2026 are already already documented. I already know how much I'm going to make for the next five, four years, three and a half years. And so it's measuring myself to the controllable and the now and the current plan. So my current plan that I'm operating on is only a $30 million plan because that's, that's where I'm at right now in my business, right? Once I graduate and hit the 30 million mark, which we will this year, then I'll graduate to the next one, which is 70 million. Then I'll graduate to 140 and then I'll graduate to 256. So I look at every phase as almost like chapters in a book. And I'm not, I'm not going to read the rest of the book until I finish this chapter. Mm. And, I'm, and I'm pretending that each sentence, each word in each sentence of the chapter that I'm in right now are the actions I'm taking today. Wow, that's good. That's good. I love it. Let me ask you this. So you had a recent company look to buy you for $40 million. You instantly said no. Mm-hmm. Most people would have took that money and ran. Is yep. it because of the vivid vision of you know the 256 is coming? Like, why don't you take the money? So somebody on here like, Bill, you crazy. I would have took that money and got out of here. Yeah, like everyone has a number, right? Yeah. So, I mean, if you were to ask yourself or anyone, what's your number? You're going to hear a thousand different answers. Yeah. Everyone has a different number in their head of what they think um, their business or really their wealth is worth to them, right? So for me, um, I basically decided when I started my company, I'm going to spend, you know, I'm going to spend a decade on this business. And for me to cop out on something I, I pre-negotiated with myself, I I already, I already signed a contract with myself that I'm doing this for 10 years. Um, I would be going against my own identity and my own word against myself. So it has nothing to do with the money um, that I was offered for my company. Um, it has to do with keeping my word to myself. Um, and I didn't consider it because, uh, you know, if someone you know, in four years in business offers you that amount of money, all that tells me is what I'm capable of. Mm. That All that told me is a little bit of validation that I'm on the right path. So I looked at that as fuel not as a way out. Um, and recently, actually, this is like two months ago, I had uh, a venture capital experience guy tell me that he thinks our company is worth 70 million, oh. right? And that's only not too long after I was offered 40. Right. Um, so it goes to show that when the marketplace starts rewarding you for whatever it is you're doing, right? At, at, no matter where you're at, you're at phase one, you're at phase a hundred and one in your business journey, you're going to get rewards from the marketplace when you start doing the right stuff. And those rewards should not be looked at as a way out of what you're doing. They should be looked at as support that you're doing the right thing. And you should double down when Patrick bet David sold his company. How much he, he sell it for? It was like multiple hundreds of millions. He had yeah. put in his bank account one day when he was on vacation. And he said, as soon as he looked at that money in his bank account, all he could think about is, gosh, what could I use this to build? Because when you get into a flow of momentum in your life and your business, like the traits that got you to one point of success, they don't just stop one day when you arrive. It's not like one day, okay, I made it. And now I'm going to turn off all my successful habits and just 
become complacent and go live on a yacht and, you know, put my feet up on the table and chill. No, those habits don't go anywhere. The person you become on the road to success is the person you become. Right. And, and you're going to live with that new identity and that's exciting. And you shouldn't run from that identity. That's why I don't I don't believe in finish lines. Yeah. I don't think anyone should have a finish line. Like you should have a finish line maybe the day you die. That that that's a good finish line because you can't really do anything past that point. Yeah. Right? But finish lines, they don't exist in life. Right. They're all just milestones. Right. And there's a difference between ambition and finish lines. Okay. Mm-hmm. Ambition is never ending. I have ambition for growth. Ambition is a personality trait. A goal, this is why goals sometimes are misunderstood by people. Like once you reach a goal, there's nothing worse than success without fulfillment. I reached the goal and meh, didn't really feel anything from it. Well, that's because goals will never make you happy. Yeah. Goals are just measuring sticks towards someone with ambition, which requires a vision far out in the future, this big vision you have for the future. And then you have these goals as measuring sticks on the way to the vision. And as soon as you get close to that vision, right? You should be expanding that vision. Yeah. You shouldn't just be stopping. Hey, you're looking at this and you're probably enjoying this episode and the strategies and the gems that I give you. This is just a fraction of what you learn in my mastermind, right? I would love for you to be able to learn more information on how he's able to help Carter Cofield make a million dollars in one single day, how he's able to help Rochelle Parks make over $500,000 in a day, learn how he's able to help Tevin grow his Instagram following from 70,000 followers to upwards to 200,000 followers within two months. And again, those results are not typical. Let me be very clear, but they are are possible for those who are willing to put work in, energy, and effort. If you're looking at this video right now, I want you to go to the website mastermindwithneo.com so you can apply to see if you're a good fit for our mastermind. This is specifically for someone looking to grow their digital business, right? Even though, y'all probably even know David Shan, Sleepers for Suckers, he's inside of my mastermind. You probably know Sonya, the student loan doctor, he's inside of my mastermind. You probably know Darius Daniels, he's inside of my mastermind. Those are just a few more people who are absolutely crushing it as a result of being inside of the community. So listen, if you're looking at this, right, and you're probably looking at the episode like, man, you're dropping so much gems but can you imagine how many gyms you'll get when you're actually inside of the environment, when you're tapped into the community? What I want you guys to go to right now is mastermindwithneo.com so you do not miss out on your opportunity to get tapped in. You will have to apply. You will have to get on the call. And hopefully you make the cut to be a part of what we got going on. I'll see you on the inside. Let's get back to the episode. Right? So it's the framework for building the vision. So I'm struggling right now with just getting a vivid and the clearer vision because like it's not, I'm not crystal clear. Like you're crystal. Yeah. I'm not crystal. I, I look at your Instagram every day since I know you every day. You're up at four or five. You're writing certain things down. It's like you're reading certain, like you're, how do I go? Like what is the framework? Because I'm sure if I'm not 100% crystal, a lot of people watching this isn't even. What is the framework you're using to create that vivid or crystal vision yeah. that you have? Well, it's, it's, very specific. Um, so the way there, there's the mindset and then there's the tactics. So the tactics of creating the vision is I'll give you exactly how you do it. Yeah. You carve out two 
Saturday or Sunday mornings mm -hmm. for a half a day. Mm -hmm. So let's say you go from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m., right? And you take off your shoes, mm -hmm. you walk through a big grass field with no one, just by yourself and a notebook and a pen. Mm -hmm. And you ask yourself one question, which is, if I had no limits on my abilities, what would be true for me three years from today? Mm, if I had no limits on my ability, what would be true for me three years from today? Mm -hmm. So you're looking to tell yourself future truths. Okay. So the difference between visualization and goal setting is visualization is actually stepping into a future as though it's real. And then you're basically claiming what it exists in that future picture. Visualization, visualization, okay? A vision is visual. And when you look at Olympic athletes, Olympic athletes, they did studies on this, the people who can consistently actually win the Olympics, they're not typically working harder than second and third place, yeah. but they have a different belief system than second and third place. They're believing a different standard than their competitors and they're seeing a different level of excellence than their competitors. Practice doesn't make perfect, perfect practice makes perfect. Uh -huh. And that's what visualization science is, right? So you walk around in this field, shoes off, notebook, you ask yourself this question repetitively. What's true in my health? What's true in my family? What's true, again, the key is no limits on my abilities. That means you can't have a limit on your finances. You can't have a limit on your, I don't have the time, no limits. What would be true for you? It's a scary question because you go into a place where you're like, holy crap, if I write this down, I might have to actually do it, right? And that's scary. Yeah. So you write this down and you end up having this mind mapping of a plan. It's not really a plan at this point. It's really just a mind map of everything that could be true for you three years from today. Then on the second uh, Saturday or Sunday morning you do this, is you start bucketing. So you start like kind of drawing circles around little piece of what you put on the notebook and you start saying, okay, well this is kind of like my finance bucket. Okay. And this is kind of like my business bucket. And this is kind of like my health bucket. And this is my family bucket. And this is my relationships bucket. And this is my social media bucket. And this is, and then so you start gaining clarity around five to seven buckets of what that vision is. And those, buckets end up becoming sections of your future vivid vision document. So then the third step is you, you pull out a word document, you take what's in your notebook and you start, you can do this or you can assign this to, you know, someone else to just type it out and you start categorizing your vision. And then you send that uh, word document to, you know, a designer, you can hire someone on Fiverr for, you know, five or 10 bucks and they'll design you a, pretty looking document that shows Definitely. and claims exactly what your vision is on paper in PDF form. Yeah. Right. So I have a personal vivid vision document. I have a business vivid vision document. I've done two business vivid visions, uh, for, for my company SMB team. I've done one personal vivid vision. Um, and then my third one is I created a new company, which is a virtual assistant company. And I went through the same exact process. Yeah. I just, Create all I did for that company, which is, um, you know, started, uh, you know, and that's 18 the months ago. Placement for lawyers, right? Yep, virtual yeah. assistants. Recurring. 
Yep, recurring revenue. All the same business principles yeah. in that business. Mm -hmm. And all I did was the business is 18 months later already doing $500,000 a month on recurring revenue. It'll do, oh. it'll be around an eight figure business by the end of its second year in business. Um, and all I did was, you know, create the vivid vision document for that business. I don't operate it. Right. Um, and we have a CEO for that business who runs the entire company. That's so you acquired it though. You acquired the CEO, right? It was, yeah, a partnership, okay. but yeah, partnership, yeah. Um, a partial acquisition, yeah. but the point is that you start tapping into your unlimited potential when you learn the art and science of vision setting, oh. right? So four examples of vision setting. Now, the reason people don't claim their vision into reality, I think, is it is the ultimate vulnerability. Yeah, It's the ultimate level of putting yourself out there publicly and documenting it with no room for misinterpretation, it puts yourself on this open microscope lens to everyone around you, right? Um, and that's scary because what if you don't reach it? What if, what if your goals were too big? What if the first year after you roll out your vivid vision, everything goes wrong? What, is everyone going to ostracize you and not yeah. believe in you as a leader. That's really the fear that I think holds people back from this. But if you don't focus on the fear, I see people have breakthrough success by claiming their vision, putting it on paper like this. And now in our company, every employee, we have almost, I think we have 80 employees now full time. Great. And you know, this company started five and a half years ago. It was just me, right? Um, and every single one of our employees has read this document and every person that we interview that get, gets put into our interviewing process. Talk to me about the interview process. They have to read the vivid vision. Yeah. So I don't want to have someone join my company and then find out we were something different after they join our company. That's good. So I want to scare them away. Yeah. That's my goal. Yeah. So tell me about it. I want to hire. So again, yeah. the goal now for me. And I was saying I want to get to do a hundred million, but I wasn't saying the key though, which you just broke down. Wait, wait, you want to do a hundred million? I I would do a hundred million, but you broke down and you you every time we on the phone you annually with recurring revenue. Oh, okay. So I need to know the framework to do that. Yeah, yeah. But I want to know before you even before I get to that point, I gotta hire top talent. Like you're extremely extremely good at hiring the best people in the yep. world. I know one, I know it has to do with paying the best also, mm -hmm. but it also has to do with It's like, vision though too. Yeah, vision too, yeah. but you're not you're not hiring you in seven days. Yeah. <laughs> so me through the interview. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well it's it's okay. You will never see a Super Bowl winning team with the worst players on the team. This is the biggest hurdle for entrepreneurs to understand is your business's growth will be directly correlated to the talent of your team. Mm. The hardest thing about being an entrepreneur is when you start as an entrepreneur, it's all about you. It's all about your performance, you being productive. And when you become a head coach or a GM in business and you actually become a business owner rather than a doer, it becomes about the quality of your team. And that requires you to swallow your ego, right? Because 
entrepreneurs, let's face it, they have a little bit more ego than the average person to go out and think there's 30 plus million US businesses to go out and have the delusional belief that you're going to create the 30 million in one business because it's needed when there's already 30 freaking million businesses yeah. shows that you have a little bit of extra self-confidence. Yeah. That's a good thing, right? But it's a bad thing when you get to the point and you want to grow an enterprise, right? Because you have to become the dumbest person in the room. Now you got to be on top of everything, right? You and I both know this. You got to be on top of everything all at once. That's why people with ADHD thrive in business because business is being aware of 15, 20, 30, a thousand things all at the same time and still going to bed like a baby at night. Right. Right. Because yeah. that, dude, I had more anxiety in my life when I didn't have 1500 things going on. Yeah. Because what am I going to, my brain is so fast, fast paced. If I don't have 1500 things to focus on, I'm just going to start talking crazy to myself. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'd rather talk crazy to 1500 things and then I don't talk crazy to myself. Yeah. Um, so to answer your question on the attracting top talent, the first thing to understand is your vision is going to be the number one asset. People, great people do not want to join a company that's not going places. Okay. Mm. That's the first thing. So that's good. when people say that I can't, I can't find great people. What they're really saying is I haven't either a built a high growth company or B, I haven't shown the marketplace that I built a high growth company. Mm. That's what they're really saying because great people join high growth companies. Yeah. Why? Because great people want growth potential. Yeah. Jack Welsh, the former CEO of GE wrote a book called winning. And in that book, he says that the number one question to ask someone during an interview is why are you leaving your prior job? Mm, yeah. Okay. And the reason you ask that question is because if someone says they're leaving their prior job because oh, boo-hoo, my boss wasn't good or the company wasn't good or I wasn't making enough money, those are all externals. That's a victim complex, right? Someone who says, listen, company I'm at is actually pretty good. I'm just not growing fast enough. Mm. I need to be unleashed. Yeah. That's what you want to hear. So every time we hear that in an interview, we lean into that. We're yeah. like, this may be an A player who's being held back, mm. right? So that's the number one interview question. The number one uh, thing that's going to sell them to leave their current opportunity because all the best people are already employed. Yeah. So it's really a sales pitch for them to leave their current opportunity for something bigger. Yeah. Right. And the vivid vision is the way that I articulate that to people. So the first thing I have people do in our interview process is I have them read our vivid vision. How long is it? It's six pages. Yeah, send it PDF. to the soccer, read it. Yeah. So they, if you go through a screening interview with us, you have to read the vivid vision. I don't care if you're the former CEO of Coca-Cola. Yeah. You want to be that. considered to work here. Yeah. You have to read the vivid vision and you have to make two videos. After you read that vivid vision, you have to tell me a, what were your biggest takeaways from the vivid vision and B, how do you in your role that you're about to join here intend to make that vision come true? Mm. I need two 30 second videos on that from you. So we use a, a tool that does that so they can just click from their email and send us the video and that's revolutionized our entire interview process. Wow. But that's good. you can't, one big mistake that people have is they think they can fully 
delegate or automate the interview process. Bull. You yeah. can't. Like you got your HR people handling all of this. You stuff. need the highest energy person handling your employer recruiting. Like the yeah, yeah the level energy. Yeah, man. A little bit less. Yeah. Yeah. But we send them because we've had great people who join our company and then they get to know me a little more and they're like, I don't know, man. Yeah. I'm like, so now we send them videos of Bill where I'm hyper. <laughs> we send them the vision. We send them uh, examples of meetings we hold in the company so they can self-select in. Do I want to be a part of a culture like this? Yeah. And if you don't like me, great. Yeah. Let's figure that out before you join and then we have to fire you. Yeah. Right? That's good. <laughs> no, that's powerful. No, that's that and it's so funny as you you're one of the people that initially told me about acquisitions, right? Mm -hmm. or, you know, you've been buying and partial buying companies and I'm leaning towards I've been acquiring stuff silently and but you just said something great. It's like I've made, I realized, let me know if this is a mistake, man. I hired a lot of people for potential for like, yeah, I think they can figure it out. Like one of my HR, yeah, they got transferable skills. So they weren't really doing what we do, but they was doing something similar over yep. here. I realized I just need to go only hire. I, I put up a post the other day. I'm looking for a social media manager that is currently doing social media management, mm. like not versus All right. somebody who got love for social media. And I'm just, this is yeah. lower level stuff, but I'm just saying, what's your thoughts? Yeah, on no, that? I got you. So I'll give you the level of specificity that we look for in our recruiting. Okay. Yeah. So we had someone who built a TikTok account to 500,000, a YouTube channel to 500,000 and an Instagram to 500,000 yeah. from scratch. I need some, I need okay? that person. <laughs> and we didn't hire them. Okay. And the reason we didn't hire them is because they active, They had that level of experience. They actively built three separate channels, okay, from scratch, and still they didn't meet my hiring requirements. Wow. My hiring requirements were, I'm only considering you if you did this in B2B. Yeah. Okay? Right. Yeah. Because I, I sell B2B. I don't sell business to consumer. Yeah. Okay? So we said no to someone who scaled three different channels past 500,000. Yeah, well, let me get their info, but go ahead. Yeah, I, I'll send it to you, because <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're, they're out of our interview process. Yeah. Um, but that is the level of experience I'm looking for. Yeah. The person I just hired for our agency, she scaled an agency to $200 million in annual recurring revenue. Oh, that's good. Okay? Now, yeah. had I not been clear in advance that I am only hiring someone who has scaled over a $100 million agency, right? I would have never found that person. Right. Right. So you don't know what exists in the marketplace until you become so laser specific as to who exactly you want. The most important thing in finding great people is identifying who you want. Now it's not just, Oh, I need some help with social media. It's I need specific help with yes, this sir. social media strategy, with someone who has experience wow. with this. That's good. Right? Jeez. For this niche audience, wow. for this category of business. I'm not looking for, so I'm looking for a social media manager that can manage three to five accounts on Instagram, TikTok, that has grown each of these to at least a quarter million in subs in under a year. Yep. 
Listening to this episode, you probably understand having one source of income is too close to none. And as one of the wealthiest people in the world, Warren Buffett says, if you don't find a way to make money in your sleep, you will work until you die. With that being said, I am finally exposing the industry to this very unique very secretive way to make money in real estate that no one is talking about. No, I'm not talking about wholesaling. No, I'm not talking about fixing flips. No, I'm not talking about rehabs, right? No, I'm not talking about flipping contracts. I'm talking about event spaces. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to go ahead and show you for $300. I'm going to waive that $300 fee and give you access to my free masterclass where I'm going to show you how to find your own location. I'm going to show you how to fund your own location. I'm going to show you how to automate this entire process. The same process that I help hundreds and hundreds of people do. I'm now pulling back the curtains. I'm going to help you do the same thing. So what I want you to do right now, go to event space masterclass.com right now. Go ahead and register. And as soon as you're done, Go back to the episode. Once again, go to eventspacemasterclass.com. I will see you in our next class. There you go. Mm. That Now, mm. imagine putting that out in a job ad. Yeah. You talk with your friend, okay, or, or someone that you know or you think has growth potential. Yeah. And you have this documented in a sheet, okay? And then the next step is you have a great conversation with them. Yeah, it sounds good, sounds good. I'm going to send you the job description and let me know if you are this person. Yeah. And you know what they'll do? They'll come back to you and they'll say, no, I'm not that person. Yeah. Okay, no problem. This is what I'm looking for though. But we'll we'll figure out, you know, there's our our paths crossed in the future. That's what it was, but I'm not specific enough. You just saved me a lot of time and energy. Yeah. My my team come back. Well, they might have, no, if this isn't. They're called non-negotiables. Bro's like, you know, we're eight-figure company now annually. And I'm like, like we are hiring an accountant or a firm. I'm like, I mean, somebody, I'm like, what's the most you manage? About a million dollars. Well, this probably won't work. For no. You, because managing a, a million-dollar business and a $10 million business is two separate. Completely different. Yeah. Managing yeah. a $10 million and a $100 million, and if your vision is a hundred million, you should be hiring someone who's managed a fifty million dollar business. Yeah. Right. Otherwise, they're going to be out of a job. If, if you hire someone who only managed a ten million dollar business and you're already at, let's say, ten, yeah. just as yeah, keeping yeah. the math simple, then they're already out. They're, they're already at their capacity of skill. Yeah. So you need to. It. The key is hiring people who are steps above where you're going next, and that's why it all comes back to vision. Because if you don't. If you don't have absolute searing faith in where you're going, then you're not going to pre-hire people to that vision. Yeah. You're going to you're going to let whoever comes in and then this is why businesses don't scale. And this is why businesses become dependent on the owner's talent mm-hmm. is because you build a team of helpers around you instead of an autonomous functioning team that can run with or without you. It's hard. In my face right now. It's hard, man. God, I'm only speaking from my own experience. Yeah. So we talked about giving a vision. Um, so essentially everybody, you just go find them from a different company. Never, I'm not hiring nobody who's not this. I, I put, I'm looking for a job. No, I'm only getting you if you're already at a company. Correct? So for example, yeah. if you're building a sports team, would you let people apply? No. Is that it? Wow. Right? Yeah. Like you already know who the best is. So, yeah. so the key is knowing who is the best. That's the key skill. Yeah. So you need to do secret shopping. I, I have a, a, a top secret 
hit list yeah. of my competitors, yeah. and I already know who the top performers are in all their companies. Wow. So that is, you know, it, this is war strategy, man. We are in battle. It's not personal if I know that person either, right? It no. doesn't. But that's the intel, man, is I want to know who are the best players. And the problem with business is there's not a public player scorecard. I can't go look up who had the best passing ratio, you know. I can't look that up publicly. So I need to find a way to un to create my own player scorecard. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Let me ask you this. So we 100 million annual recurring revenue. That's the next phase, right? Yeah. I'm on time. Yeah. yeah. So... What are the steps like you've been banging me in my head on just recurring revenue and I and I'm focusing now on it, mm -hmm. but what are some critical keys to making that money recur? Like you got about a ninety percent renewal rate on your different programs, mm -hmm. um, as well as you also just quickly grew your VA company to five hundred and it wasn't there when it started. Mm -hmm. So what are some frameworks or some things that are non-negotiables yeah. in building recurring revenue businesses? Yeah, so like, yeah, the recurring revenue model is like, I'm on the far end of the spectrum with this. Um, I avoid all cash collection strategies because I believe there's a, there's a downstream effect on that in my current business model. Cash collector strategy, what do you mean? Like, so like hey, cash up front. Like, hey, 30 grand. No, give me 30 grand up front. No, I'd rather take the three grand a month for 12 months. Right. I'm, I'm, and the reason I, is because um, the accumulation, the snowball effect, right, is the closest thing that you can find if you're not an investor to compound interest, right? Mm. So mm, I want good. every dollar of revenue I bring in in year one to become a baseline for year two so that everything I sell on top of that becomes additional, yeah. right? So working backwards from that model, if I sell, let's say $10 million in a year and none of that recurs in year two, right? Then I have to start from scratch in year two, right? If I sell um, $10 million or a million or whatever in a year and just 50% of that renews, right? Holy crap! I have a whole different, whole different line of of playing field there, right? I can now sell the same amount I did last year. My business grows fifty percent. Wow! Right? Just just nothing changes. And the valuation. Right. The value. What do you think? The value of a company that nobody sticks with, no one buys multiple times from, no one sticks with is. It's garbage. None. There's no value in a company yeah. like that. Um. So. The question I think people need to ask themselves is, am I in the wealth game or am I in the high income game, uh -huh. right? And either one is fine. I know people who make 20, 30, 40, 50 million a year. I know some attorneys that we work with that do that. And it's all dependent on them. And that's cool, man. You can take that 40 mil and you can put that into commercial real estate. And then that's technically recurring long-term, you know, recurring revenue. It's value-based revenue. Yeah. You see Grant do this, right? Yeah. Grant created a big personal dependent brand, channels that into real estate, yep. created a huge net worth. So I'm not saying the high income game is not the right game. It's just not what I chose for myself. I chose the wealth creation game. And you can create wealth with high income if you put it into passive income I assets. I switched my mind because I'll be wanting to cash collect it. Like yeah. I want, you know, I want. Yeah. 
And I'm like, well, I'll just go get it again. Yeah. But it, it winds you in a lot of businesses. I want them. It makes you gotta hustle every day, though. Yeah. I don't want to be hustling. Yeah, you know but, the, I mean? but 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 dude, I know you well enough now. You're never gonna stop hustling. I'm not. You're right. Okay. But but at least if I'm hustling, it's compound. Yeah, that's bro. what I'm saying. It's I just acquired a company, bro. Bro, the compound hustle. Yeah. I we like just that. came up with a new brand. Yeah, that's right. Let's that, go. Bro. That's but, it. Yeah. I just freaking acquired compound a company, hustle. Bill, I acquired a company is doing about 20K a month right now, but none of it's recurring. So you know these businesses that I acquire, I instantly go in and try to figure out how to add value. We just finished out the the, the back end. Now it's going to go switch to all recurring. Mm. And I'm like, imagine that 20 compounding every month. It yep. changes the game. Yeah, it does. And But it's a harder business model because yes. you, if you're really good at sales and marketing, you can get people to sign up for expensive stuff, right? But becoming great at value creation and business operations is a different skill set. And they're both difficult skills. There's mm -hmm. there's not a lot of people who can do either of those two skills, yeah. right? Tremendous sales and marketing and value creation and business ops. But if you learn both of those things, you're gonna be a billionaire. I mean, it's it, but it's hard. It you and for someone who is a great speaker and creative and outgoing. This stuff's hard, man. Yeah. It's it's you it's it takes discipline to learn the business ops stuff. But I look at it like, you know, like any important skill. Like for example, no baby is born knowing how to speak. Yeah. Right? Like whether you like it or not, you need to learn language. Yeah. Right? And and you need to learn how to work out whether you like it or you prefer it or not. You, there's minimum viable skills that everyone needs to learn. Yeah. The question is, if you're talented, are you willing to still humble yourself and learn things in which you're not that talented, but are required for success? This is why when people say, like, go all in on your strengths, I agree with that statement. I agree you should go all in on your strengths. And I agree you should be aware of those minimum viable areas that will make you extremely wealthy, mm -hmm. right? Let's say your strength isn't looking at profit and loss statements. Yeah, let's say, it's not right? Yeah. It's not mine either. Yeah. So it, let's say you want to build a hundred million dollar net worth. Okay. And you're not, you can't read financial statements. You better sack up and learn financial statements because yeah. Otherwise, you're, you're shooting from the hip on multi seven figure decisions. Yeah. So this is a price we need to pay as CEOs to deserve wealth, right? Another one, there's a price we need to pay as CEOs to deserve to be a leader. We can't just, and again, I am faint, you, you saw me before this interview, okay? My go-to mode of communication is what I call drive-by delegations, like a drive-by shooting, Drive-by delegations where I go, I, I tell someone, hey, we, we should really uh, do, do this. Okay, I gotta go, too busy. You know? Yeah, that's a drive-by delegation, yeah. right? You do that all the time. I, I Well, that's my go-to mode. But I had to learn skills around project management and delegation. Yeah. Like true delegation, mm. project planning, really articulating my thoughts. Like not just saying, oh, we gotta get more, we gotta get more targeted with our marketing. We're getting unqualified people reaching out to us. That's drive-by delegation. Hard strategic thinking 
is okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna spend some time alone. I'm gonna look at the last hundred people who came into our marketing funnel. I'm gonna really see common denominators of these people. I'm gonna come up with my own conclusion. I'm gonna create a separate document. I'm gonna articulate my thoughts in ordered fashion, insights, and then I'm gonna create a proposed course of action, and I'm gonna assign who's responsible for this project, and then I'm gonna assign a deadline to that project. And then I'm gonna have a one-on-one -on -one meeting with someone, and I'm gonna brief them on this project. I'm gonna hand it to them and say, Here's what needs to happen. Here's what I learned. Here are the action steps. Here's the deadline, and you're responsible for it. What questions do you have? Wow. That's delegation. Wow. Now, believe me, Whoa. entrepreneurs like you and me, yeah, it's hard. That is not fun. Yeah. But but I, I won't get any excuses with that. No. Yeah. You well. signed off on this. The, clear, the outcome was clear. Yeah. You told me you were going to get done by this day, right? And it, either it does or doesn't happen. Hey, Bill, listen, this part one, we got to come back, man. Man, thank you so much for taking time to really just jump on here, bro. Like, I, I'm telling y'all, this is one of my most intense friends, but not many people motivate me and make me want to get better like this guy with sales, with marketing, with my team, bro. So thank you, bro. Let's go. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in this episode. I hope you're getting extreme amount of value. I want you to go ahead and comment below. Share with me your biggest takeaway. In addition to that, my number one goal is for me to be able to grow all of my social platforms so I can give you info, insight, strategy, and game from every platform there is. So take a minute to follow me on Instagram at Neil DeVee. So same exact name on Twitter, same exact name on TikTok, and follow me on LinkedIn at Nehemiah Davis. I would love for you to be able to be tuned into my articles and everything that I drop relating to helping you get to that next level in your life. Tune in.